It is all of it. And Josh, you <laughs> had to bring it up. I thought we weren't going to go there today and I was going to be <laughs> off the hook, but we got to go there. <laughs> That's a huge part of my story is that I had this belief that my sexuality was bad, mm. <laughs> which now is going to make sense of why you can understand also parts of my infertility, which is hilarious. <laughs> we really are protected in what we create and how we create and all the things. But I was so disconnected from my my sexuality and my womanhood, my 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 feminine, that man, I I was I was suppressing myself in so many areas of my life. And once I reclaimed, that was a huge part of re of coming back to my body and loving my body is, it, you can't believe that sexuality is bad when it's innately who you are or you, you disown yourself. And I think that a lot of that programming I picked up from culture and religion. And I think that as women start to reclaim their sexuality and their pleasure, everything comes back into balance. Welcome to the Deeper Awareness Podcast, where we delve into the depths of our inner selves, uncovering authenticity and transformation. Join us for enlightening conversations on breathwork, self-discovery, and the profound journey within. I'm your host, Josh Perry, joined by the delightful Hannah Oxley. Let's begin. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Deeper Awareness Podcast. I'm Hannah, and today, Josh and I got to chat with Cheyenne Montgomery. She was in Josh's cohort during their pause facilitator program, um, and it was just lovely to meet her and feel our, the already um, present connection between her and Josh. Um, she was telling us her story about how I'll let her explain it, of course, but how many times our body reminds us, reminds us of our knowing, reminds us to listen inward. Um, it's always, it loves a reminder. Our bodies love to remind us things. I always say that it whispers to us until we continue not listening and then it will scream at us. So listen to the whispers, listen to that innate knowing that inner knowledge that our bodies, all of us have, we just have to undo the layers to get to that truth inside of us. Um, so Cheyenne's story talks pretty much about that. Um, in her own unique path and how now she is using the knowledge that she learned throughout her journey on how to bring women back into their body and back into their power um, and how to lead a life from a heart-centered place. That was my biggest takeaway um, with our conversation with Cheyenne is lead with love. So please enjoy this episode. Thank you. I was just sharing with Hannah about a book called Mother Hunger. Have you heard of this? Oh. So 
it is written by like a, a therapist and it's the it's the idea of the mother wound and how what children need in their first thousand days so that's conception till about two and it's talking uh -huh. about safety and security and nurturing and protection and that emotional pain and physical pain to a child's brain there's no difference and so i've been thinking a lot about women in this society and I don't know where this is leading, but it seems important to, to open this with you. So this idea that if we don't understand how important females are with carrying the baby and creating, uh, you know, a safe space for them to create, create life. We, we need to heal the women so that the children can be, you know, healthy coming into the world. And because I've been thinking so much that we're on this healing journey, but healing from what? Like, what, what do we need to create in our society so we can stop healing and thrive? Ah, woo! <laughs> so big and so what my heart really is about is teaching women to come back to their bodies i think that is the greatest tragedy that we have in our society right now is that women have left their bodies um a lot of my story is with like being really sick too and handing my power over to the medical industry to tell me what to do or to band-aid it or to you know even how we look at deliveries now it's scheduled on a doctor's time frame rather than trusting our bodies to know what to do when to do and honoring the time of when it's ready that's so crazy i'll, mm -hmm. I'll be in hawaii on tuesday so we need to get this done monday <laughs> right right i was just having this conversation with um because we were talking about like just health insurance and how because I my story is the same way of like how the I was just saying yes to what the medical doctors like, OK, if that's what you think is best. OK, OK. And then it was just a, I started I found breath work. I was trying to so I was like, maybe if I heal my mind, there's a mind gut thing. So as soon as I did that, realized like I was I connected to myself for like an instant and was just like, why am I listening to that? Why why would I not listen to myself and my body, which knows better than these doctors think that they do? And not to say like, you know, I respect everyone, but at the time I remember being like, why? I've never once advocated for myself in any scenario. And this is like the advocating against yourself for yourself to a doctor is a big, it's a scary thing. You don't realize how scary it is yeah. when you do it. And so I was... um. I've had a hard time going back to, I haven't been able to find, I want to 
find a doctor that I can trust and everything. But so it's been a process after being sick of trying to find someone that I trust. Um, But I was having this conversation with a friend of mine about how like with health insurance, I'm like, I have to have health insurance. I own my own business. I have to pay for health insurance, but do I ever actually use it? No, I pay however much a month to go see my holistic doctor, which kind of is the same amount of money as this health insurance. And so it's like, we're just having this conversation and one of them kind of, he's likes to play devil's advocate. He's like, well, you keep talking about wanting to have a baby. What are you going to do then? Like with a, a good thing, you'll have health insurance for that. I'm like, I'm going to have a baby in my bathtub. <laughs> and so then it was, a, it became a bigger conversation because there was um, a father there that has experienced both his wife having a birth at a hospital and at home. And he's like, he goes, I don't want to say a bad thing about either one. He's like, but when we were at home, just the midwives were so like, even leading up to the birth, they're just there for you. So I love how you said it's on, when you're in a hospital, it's like on the doctor's time frame. It's like a scheduled date and everything. When when the midwives they're they're they are attuning to you. Yeah. Well, I almost think that there's like this other really amazing, cool thing that happens when we do like when we do just surrender. When we do surrender to the time frame, it's almost like the rite of passage into motherhood that you let go of the reins and you're just like, okay, show me, I'm not in control and I'm here to be guided. Full goosebumps. And you really like start to build that connection of, of guiding in, in, in parenthood and in, right? And life in general, just surrendering, it the the world shows up for you when you do, in the right ways. But it's there's so much power in that surrender. Yeah, yeah. And like you, I want to just say, there's a place for both. Yes. But I think we've gotten a little heavy on one side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Like so for me, I found. Oh, go ahead. Oh, you. No, there's a. I was just gonna say I found because I'm not. I I'm engaged. Or I'm getting married this year. Next year, I'm picked a date yet. So I'm like so excited to have kids. And um, I've actually I found a like a birthing center that's near a hospital, but it's like with doulas and midwives and everything. So I'm like, that is what sounds good for me. Because I have heard too that a lot of women do feel a little safer having their second child at home because the first one is a little, you know, you're definitely new to the game and everything. So that's kind of what I found was a nice happy medium is a, a birthing center. So that's all. Perfect. Thanks for sharing Hannah. Okay. Cheyenne, we want to welcome. Thanks for being here. Ah, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're we're excited to hear your story and your journey. And so if you can take us back, the premise of the podcast is deeper awareness. It's kind of going through the life thing, we're doing the things, and then something happens, and then something had to give, and then here you are. So take us through, you can go back as far as you want, 
um, just as much detail as you want. And just, we, we just really love to create a space to, to hear and honor people's stories. Okay. All right. Well, I guess I'll start at the very beginning, which is me growing up in Yost, Utah, which was about population seven. And when I was growing up there, I, I just loved being there. I loved at such a young age. I loved the sunsets. I loved sitting on the creek bank and fishing with my grandpa and just feeling like that solid surface of mother earth and the babbling of the creek. And I loved just being on my dirt bike and just wide open spaces. So Yoast. Yes. I'm going to look this up. Look Tell it up. Where, where is right it? On the Idaho border. If anyone okay. is familiar with city of the rocks, it's that general area. Very secluded. So I remember just being so held by mother earth and my childhood, my parents got divorced when I was six years old. And I think like most people in that generation, they didn't know, they didn't have emotional intelligence. And I just felt most held and connected with mother earth. And then my mom got married and I got I moved to a little bit more of a civilized area. And then I kind of started to contort myself to fit in. And <laughs> I would I would do all sorts of things to try to fit in. And one of those things was um, religion, choosing religion. I live in a predominantly LDS community and I wanted my I wanted my friend's parents to accept me and they wanted their friends, their kids to be friends with someone that was, went to church. And so I went to church and I followed the protocol and did all of the steps. And thought that that was happiness, thought that I was finding my way to God, but I never really felt a connection. And then after about, then I got married and I checked all the boxes, got married, put him, worked really hard to put him through school. Um, and then there was something missing and I was like, okay, it's time to have kids. But my body was like, no, no. And so I went through infertility for five years and i think that was the beginning of me really being at war with my body so all of this disconnection is happening because i had disconnected from myself trying to belong to someone else trying to belong to this group or this friend or this trying to make everyone around me happy and be in like such a people-pleasing tendency. And so here I am trying to be a mom thinking that was my next step. And that was something that I always wanted to do. And my body is like, I, I just felt so broken. After five years of infertility, I just felt so completely broken and at war with my body. 
I would just, I was just so frustrated with it. And I was listen. I was, I remember we were driving um, back from Montana and I was listening to a podcast and it was advocating like tune into your body. What does your body need? Like look at your primal roots and thinking about what I was eating and the stress that I was carrying. I was working three jobs and doing all of these things that was like not a welcoming environment. If I would have had a baby at that point in time, that would have not been the environment that my soul wanted to raise a baby in. I was working so much. And so now looking back, it was like my body was speaking to me this whole time. And yet I couldn't see it until I'm looking back now sharing the story. (laughs) But at that time, I was just so frustrated that it was broken and it wouldn't allow me to have a baby. And it's like now looking back, like that was not what my heart wanted to bring a baby into not the connection with my spouse and not under those circumstances either. But that did allow me, it was kind of the spiritual smackdown to come home, to come back to my body, to show up for my body. Because when we have an idea of what we want, like we figure out a way to make it happen, right? And so, it was really this this opportunity for me to look at my lifestyle, look at my emotional state, look at my physical state and how I was treating my body. And so I started working out. I started cleaning up my diet and looking into like um, foods that were really inflammatory. And I, for the first time, I started to show up for me. For the first time in my whole life, I started to show up for me instead of everyone else and um, started to prioritize my health and my well-being. And then what happened? Then I, so that was kind of like my beginning of coming home to my body or being curious about really listening to my own inner knowing because I went to doctors and they said, oh, there's, it's unexplained infertility. Like you don't have anything wrong, but you're going to need to do in vitro. And that was the first time that I was like, I don't feel like that's true Hmm. for me. And so I, I started to look at my lifestyle, my thoughts, my emotions, um, my connection with the people in my life. And so that was the first time that I advocated for myself. And then finally, when I did get pregnant after making some big changes in my life, after I did get pregnant, um, I, we moved from Logan to Boise and I, it, I was like 32 weeks. I remember going to the doctor for the first time in Boise because I had to choose a new doctor. And I said, you know, I really want to have a baby naturally. And she's like, you realize it's going to be like a Mack truck coming through your vagina. And I was like, oh, I don't think we're a good fit. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes, I realize that. And I believe that my human body knows exactly how to handle that. Mm. And so I switched to a midwife. Was it a midwife? A, yeah, she worked in a hospital. She's a midwife. And um, I had the most amazing experience with my delivery. It was, it was one of those moments that I felt so empowered. And like, I was, here's the thing. I was so connected to my breath. Mm. And I didn't realize that connection until years down the road. But as I look back on that delivery, that is the one thing. I was connected to my breath and that life force energy like never before. And that was a pivot point in my life. So many goosebumps. So good. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then I think there's always another level and another layer. And then after motherhood and my body changes. So there was a there was a baby. There was a baby step of starting to like my body and honoring my body. And then. I went through this phase of like, gosh, I, I feel like I should look a different way. And so I (laughs) altered my body with implants, trying to look a certain way to be approved by other people again. And my body's like, we taught you this lesson once you didn't get it. You didn't remember it. You forgot it. And so after I did that, I got really sick. So stinking sick. And here I am. I've worked so hard to get these two babies to planet Earth. And then I alter my body and I'm so sick. I'm raising my three-year-old from my bed because I can't get out of bed. I feel like a 90-year-old woman with so much inflammation in my body. My hair's falling out. I have brain fog. The keys are in the refrigerator. Like I couldn't even show up for life. And I have this beautiful little boy that's three years old and I'm playing Peppa Pig memory with him in bed. And he's beating me because I'm so foggy. And so that was my second spiritual smackdown. I'm like, dang it, you missed the lesson again. So I go back in for surgery to remove my implants and reclaim myself again. And something so crazy happened again. After I got my implants out, it was like my heart space just kind of, it just expanded. And I could tell people that I loved them that I couldn't tell before when I had my implants in. And I know that that might sound a little crazy, but it was so true. It was like, I made that decision from a place of not loving myself that having those two toxic implants over my heart chakra and energy center, it blocked it. No, I couldn't, like nothing could get out and there was nothing to get out. 
until I reclaimed myself. And then it was like, because I mean, there is a massive reclaiming that has to happen no matter how sick you are. You have to, you get to really find your soul when your physical body breaks down that you tie your identity to. I mean, going clear back to being infertile. It's like I found that deeper part of my soul and then I let it go. And then I found it again with explant illness or breast implant illness. And then, and now, now I'm committed and understand a little bit deeper of what it's like to stay in that connection with my soul more frequently than identifying with my external identifiers, ident like labels, I guess, is maybe the best way to say that. So there we go. <laughs> I feel like the universe loves reminding us. It loves a, remi a good reminder. <laughs> right? Because are we just supposed to go down here? Like, are we just supposed to like wander through this life lost and dazed and confused and sick and suffering? No. That's how I thought it was until I got sick. I was like, oh, I'm just coasting on. This seems like everyone else around me is just doing the same thing. Like we just work, pay bills, go home. Like there's like what do what is what is the point here? So they the universe likes to throw these things at us so that we can actually experience. Cause I think we came down here to just experience. Yep. That whole spectrum of every emotion. Yeah. Yeah. And really experience, like, I, th I think my, I think what my life challenges is to love myself and mm -hmm. to stop expecting it from everyone else. Mm -hmm. Stop allowing everyone else to give me permission to be me or to be enough. And I'm learning that in the wildest ways, but it tends to always be through my physical body. <laughs> it's just it's a metaphor, right? Yeah. But I mean, just my my viewpoint of like looking back of when I was at war with my body and I hated my body. And then when I shifted that, shifted away, like everything that I did was out of fear. I chose implants of fear of not being enough or not looking the way I thought I should look. I chose religion, organized religion out of not being enough or not being welcome. And so all of those decisions that I made in life out of fear, my marriage out of fear, all of those decisions tended to crumble and burn to the ground. But the decisions that I made from a place of love, where my heart really was invested from a place of desire, those are the things in my life that have continually like stood strong.
So did of, you know? Sorry, go ahead. Did you know? So this fear place, it it's the, you're able to see it in the rear view. Like we can see it. You couldn't see it before. And then you went through it and you're like, oh, it's that fear thing again. So now oh, you're. Oh no, gosh, no, I saw it. I oh, felt it in my body. Yes. I mean, standing. Yes. I, yes. As I'm getting married and I, I married an incredible man. I married an incredible man and we have an incredible co-parenting relationship now. He is a good guy, but was it the person I, I, I think we were better of fr as friends than as an intimate relationship all along. But so, so standing at the temple, being married for time and all eternity, I knew looking back that that wasn't right for me. We feel it in our bodies, but we go to this fear of, you want to be the crazy person that calls this off, but it just works. Logically, it works. You have some of the same values. You get along. You like all of these things. We go to our minds and start to convince ourselves that it's right. But it feels differently than the right that lands in your heart. So it's like, I knew, but I didn't have the courage to do the hard thing then. That's what it really boils down to. And so <laughs> I, I believe that we have things that we want to experience in this life. And one of those things for myself, I think, is to love myself and stop making everyone else comfortable at the ex expense of myself my own soul. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think that there's things we want to learn and we're going to continue to be presented that opportunity until we start to claim that learning in all different situations from my career to my marriage to my religion, like all of those things I knew I didn't want, but it was like the, the easy route. It was the less courageous route, if that makes sense. What makes perfect sense to me is when you said making other people comfortable. Like that's when I think about my people pleasing, that's what it is. It's like, it's not necessarily pleasing people, but make, making sure I don't ruffle their feathers and I want everyone comfortable. So I'm not going to say anything to, to heighten anybody's emotion. I just want everyone comfortable. <laughs> yeah. But, but the interesting part of that is that then we are not playing in clean lines of energy. Right. It's, 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 it's actually cruel. Yep. To and other people. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I'm learning. Like you can do those things, but you're, you're not potent. You're watered down. And so mm -hmm. as I come back to myself and back to my own body, it's like, I don't want to live that way because the cleanup after it all, because I didn't listen initially, is way more difficult. I want to get the lesson and stop 
having to do the cleanup from not having the lesson. <laughs> Did you, um, how is your relationship? I'm, well, we see your beautiful river behind you, but how is your relationship coming back to nature? Like when you were a little girl, like that is something for me too. Like I used to spend every day out in the woods and like I forget I, st I still hike fairly often, but every time I'm out there, I'm like, why didn't I do this yesterday? Why am I not here every day? I'm out, I go outside very frequently. I'm outside all the time. But like if there a couple of days go by, I'm like, why didn't I do this yesterday? Because it's like my soul just loves being outside. So tell me about your relationship back to nature. Yeah, the way that I see um, God now and the like Mother Earth, I, I see these as like two energies that are really um supportive to each other and like I, I don't know there is just this energy of mother earth that is so nurturing and once i allowed myself to see the god in that and claim it i just in i mean even in the foods i eat in the like it's this nourishment and it's this place of like, I want to eat healthy foods. I want to like use essential oils. I want that loving, nurturing, high frequency, high vibration, any chance that I can possibly get. And yeah, this is a whole, how I ended up here on the river is a whole manifestation story that's so crazy. But that I believe that everything in, Mother Earth is a teacher, a healer, or a messenger. And I think the reason I'm here by the river right now is it's like a cleansing. It's like there is a there's an element of cleansing a lot of old limiting beliefs right now in my life. And it's powerful. It's powerful to be supported by those elements. And I just think it's cool to trust whatever you feel called to and step into it because there's, there's healing that it holds for you. Have you ever read the book, um, women who run with wolves? I actually have it downloaded, but I haven't started it. The beginning of your, I have, it's so funny. I've tried to read it a few times and it's, it's thick. Like it's a lot of words and I've gotten like to the first, like, I don't know. I just, like I said, like a more easy read, but it's, it's deep. And so it, um, I've only gotten a couple of chapters into it every time I've read it, but the beginning sounds just like your story. Like someone who grew up the way, like how nature taught them how to grow and like the, just the relationship that the like thunderstorms have with the, like all of these different relationships to teach you how, what life is. Um, and so it's, and it's all about that knowing that innate, um, just feminine knowing within us. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And I, I, it's so interesting to see exactly like looking back, I had this knowing and I was at peace and I just honored so much of mother earth and, and God there. And then I tried to contort myself into this like religion. God is in church and, and this really fear-based and I just completely lost myself. I felt like a droughted flower, like a shriveled up, no life force energy rolling through me, no love, no radiance. 
And then re, like the work has been in reclaiming that and just like how simple it is. God is in everything. Yeah. So it's been a wild ride. <laughs> I'm curious how you raise your kids from the place of, because as I was being raised, I was taught or told like what to think or what to believe. It was always outside of me. It wasn't check inside and discover and hold on to that's your truth. And, and you get to really claim it and own it. And so teaching children, I mean, that's, that's where it all starts, right? We, we get to show them and to look in to discover so has that shown up in your parenting? Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, <laughs> I get a little emotional talking about my kids because there's, they're beyond. I think, I think a belief that I had is that it, I'm innately bad and I need to be saved. And something that I, that's my truth is that we are innately good. I think our kids innately know. And when we can nourish that knowing within them, um, I think that's my whole parenting strategy. If I have a strategy, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's love and helping them know that they are good and that they will make good decisions and that to, to, to allow their hearts to guide them. You know, um, they are both innately very intuitive and they both have really special gifts and they feel a lot. Um, I have my kids, we have 50-50 custody. And when I'm not with my kids, I like to send them energetic hugs. And my son will has a gab watch and he'll always, he'll be like, mom, I got it. It's like, they know. We know before we're taught not to know, mm. before we betray that knowing, they know. And so I guess as far as parenting is, I'm just trying to nurture that within them. Mm -hmm. But I also give them a lot of opportunities to test and try different things. How does this feel? How does this feel? Um, their dad takes them to church still practices um his lds and i i kind of give them different opportunities and talk to them about nature and how they feel instead of making it so in a box something i'm i'm really i think god will find us however we want to find him or it or whatever we god will find us and it doesn't, it do, there's not just one path. And I've had a lot of fear around talking about my view on spirituality because I didn't want to, for lack of better words, pop someone's life raft to God. But I think, I just believe God will find us however he can. So if it's in organized religion, 
or if it's through nature. I don't know. I just feel like the more we can trust ourselves and listen to that inner guide, that's the most important thing. Because then we can know. Because there's there's truth in everything, right? I'm curious what your relationship is with the church now. Um, <laughs> what exactly? What exactly do you mean by that? <laughs> Well, Josh knows I'm I because Josh also grew up Mormon. So I'm just always I'm just like this like outside entity looking in like I grew up Catholic. So I, you know, I get some things, but not I was not very strict. I did like, you know, CCD class or whatever, like we had like monthly classes, but that was kind of it. So I always I'm just intrigued about how just how part of our country is so concentrated Mormon. So I'm just curious if you're still like going to church or just anything. Nope. Nope. I don't go to church. Um, I, I just try to honor everyone, everyone's truth. And, but that's not the, that's not where I find God. You hit the nail on the head with that. Like just wherever God will find you. I think that's a beautiful way. Yeah. yeah, I think God is, you know, as we were talking about Reiki earlier, it, 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 how I see God is this, just this love, just this ultimate loving energy that wants good. Mm -hmm. And I think that organized religion gives a lot of people a foundation and it kind of organizes some chaos and gives some structure, which is good if you can. And, and at, at the time, I couldn't do this. I was so black and white thinking, right, wrong, good, bad. And I had a lot of, uh, uh, I had trouble being like, oh yeah, this resonates with me, but I'm gonna leave that. And so to step away, it just feels better for me but I wouldn't be opposed my, like my kids ask, like they think they want to be baptized, but when they, when I feel like they're in a place that the reason they want to get baptized is for more than they want the attention of the day, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it because I don't know, it's their journey and their choice and they get to find God how they find God. And who knows if I would be where I'm at now if I didn't have the foundation that I had. Yeah, I agree with that too. Like my, um, when my fiance and I talk about having kids, like he he grew up going to a Catholic um, school and I, I just, I do think there's a great foundation in that to learn certain morals and um, just like history in general. Of, of different religions and stuff. So, so I, I like that because it's, you know, at least because they can believe whatever they want to believe and go whatever path they want to go, but having a nice structure as growing up, I, I agree. 
Yeah, the, the one, the biggest, the biggest thing for me to wrap my head around in in that specific religion is that this is the right way, the one way, and I think automatically that puts judgment and ego in the equation because there's a better than less than. And that's where I lose my, I'm like, hmm, this doesn't mm-hmm. feel right. It, to me, it's not, it's, it's separation, not connection. Mm-hmm. And I think I like to, I like to look at separation and connection as like good and evil. Like separation is all evil, which is like our country and everything. Like separation is just evil and connection is all good. And so, yeah, there are certain aspects of that in religion for sure. But but I think the higher thing for me is, is when we're talking about parenting is allowing my kids, how do you feel? Mm. How does this feel to you? And allowing them, like, it's not just protecting them. Don't do that. Don't, how does it feel to you? And allowing them to hold their personal power and be able to make decisions and claim their truth. Connecting them to that knowing. Yes. More so than just protecting them from anything that I might not agree with. Right. I told my parents as I was leaving the church I, I felt like what would have been more beneficial than giving me all these beliefs that I had to cling to and anything outside of those were scary. I said, I wish you would have said, these are our beliefs. We could be way off. <laughs> I want you to discover and, and I'm going to show you how to explore. And then you decide. And then if you want to change your mind, that's cool. But it'll be your beliefs. Because when when I was leaving, I felt like belief was somehow intermingled and intertwined with love. Yeah. And if I let go of the beliefs they had given me, did love still exist? I, I wasn't sure. It, it was one of the hardest conversations I've ever had. Yeah. I love that you could pinpoint what it was for you mm-hmm. that they were connected because for me, I saw God as approval or disapproval. And then I got to depict that and I was like, well, but how do I see my own children? Even when they do things I don't approve of, I still love them. So it's interesting to go and get curious about the the bigger belief, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's always coming back to that place of love. Am I choosing from a place of love? Or is it out of fear? You see that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> fear of not being loved. Rather than, mm, I love this. This feels so good. I want to choose this. Yeah, that's that's good parenting right there just to to introduce that to your kids so they have a way to differentiate. 
Yeah. So I, you, gosh, I don't know. I could be doing it all wrong, but I'm just <laughs> leaving with love. <laughs> Do you know who Richard Rohr is? No. Um, I think he was a priest. Uh, anyway, he's written lots of books. And one of them was called Falling Upward. And okay. it's the idea. I haven't, I haven't read this in like six years, so I'm trying to remember. But he talks about how we have two halves of life, two halves of life. So first half, second half. And that Mormons do the first half of life better than anyone but that they never get to the second half. And the second half is this uh, exploration. It's the, so because of the Mormon missions, there's so much structure, the careers, they get into the first half of life so beautifully and, and it sets them up for success, but then they just coast throughout that, the rest of the life, their lives, where the second half he says is, this exploration, this deconstruction, this, um, what is this life? It's, it's, wow. the, it's the discovery phase, which is, is devastating to the ego because it's, it's terrifying. You, you have to let, you have to uncover and explore and look, pick up every rock and say, where did I get this thing? Do I want this still? How scary is this to get rid of? So I thought that was interesting. He named Mormons that, that it, so it's really interesting. That is one, like, I can see that. I, I can absolutely see that. Like I, I struggle saying I don't agree with the church because I love my life. I love the life path. I love everything that I've learned. And I feel like now I am in that exploratory stage, but living the way that I lived with that structure and those rules, it kept me safe. Like I wasn't married to like, I, I have a beautiful relationship with my former spouse and I don't regret it. I don't regret any of that. So I can't say that it's bad. It's just now I'm a little more curious and I want to do things a little different. Mm -hmm. I want to lead with more love rather than more fear. So, but I, I think that that's so, yeah, we, we, it's almost level one. And then you get to go to level two of like the higher laws of, of really stepping into that trusting like, okay, God, where are you going to lead me? But that takes a lot of trust and it's not the follow the follow the check the box like we've been used to. That we know the outcome we're going to get if we check the box. It's this let go it's okay here's an analogy for you it's like walking through a forest blindfolded being like okay where do i take the next step it really requires that connection with god that's so personalized for you in your life and your soul's mission what did you want to learn through your journey here i keep going back to that but i think we didn't all want the same experience. Mm. 
and not making someone else's experience wrong. Because before I would have believed, oh, you're wrong if you get a divorce. And I'm like, I loved that experience of my life. And I love the relationship that I have with my former spouse now. I'm so grateful for it. So I don't believe in mistakes. To me, it's just expansion. So can you step us through how breathwork came into your life? Yes. The first time it came into my life was in my deliveries, in my natural deliveries with my kids. And I just remember feeling so empowered, but I didn't recognize at that point that it was breathwork. Um, and then I was just in this place after my divorce, I just felt like I wanted more and it, I felt it on my heart. I was going through a coaching program that was called ready for wholeness. And I, my intention was like, what is the next step for me? (laughs) And it came clear as day, disconnect and breath work. And when I saw breathwork, I was like, I cannot think of anything worse. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know anything about breathwork, but I'm like, breathwork? I can't think of anything worse than just sitting there and breathing, which is (laughs) interesting because my iridologist on a physical level, my iridologist was like, gosh, you just don't have enough oxygen. You're You're just not getting enough oxygen. And I was really struggling with like ADHD and massive anxiety and stress. And I was just always in my head. And when they, when I saw breathwork, I was like, oh gosh, no. And I just kind of dismissed it. And then I was, um, I was meeting with a coach and she had just got back from a breathwork training. And she's like, I just want to do breathwork with you. And I said, okay. And at this point in time, it was like my body was trying to release things, but I wasn't allowing it because I was so in my masculine energy, trying to control everything and have so much just control and like rigidity. And she's like, let's just do breath work. We'll do five minutes. And I was like, okay. So we did breath work. I was waking up in the middle of the night before this crying, but I didn't know why. So my body was trying to release, but I wasn't allowing or witnessing the emotion. So we did breath work and she just cracked me wide open. And I was like, in five minutes, Mm. I just let it all go. But there was so much at that point in time, because that's when my faith transition happened, my divorce and a career change all within that same time. And it just all came out. And then I got into a, I was like, holy cow, I don't know what just happened, but that felt terrible and amazing all at the same time. (laughs) And then I got in a program and thought I was going to use it to help my clients because I wanted to help them on a deeper level. Once again, here I go taking care of everyone else. Oh, this is going to help everyone else. (laughs) And in our breathwork program where I met Josh, 
I connected with my body again on a deeper level and was able to process so much of the emotions that I never allowed myself to process. Yeah. So, so can I, let me ask you here, when we sign up for this thing, we kind of have like a glimpse of what this is going to give us, or we're going to gain some knowledge. We're going to learn how to something, something like this was my, my understanding as I sign up, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll be doing something. Like I had no idea when I signed up for, for pause breath work that it, I just had no idea. That's exactly how it was for me. But Josh, like, that's what I'm saying is it's this heart energy that makes no sense. I had never, I had never looked up a breathwork program. I, the only experience I had had was with my coach, with that coach, probably a year before I joined the program. And I was in that other coaching program that said breathwork and disconnection, which I thought it meant disconnect from social media, but I still was on social media long enough for pause to pop up. And I was like, it's a yes for me. I had no idea. I never read the bio. I never read anything. I hopped on an exploratory call and it was like, but that's the, that is exactly like, that is the example of what I'm saying. God will find you, mm. whether it's through breath work, whether it's through Reiki, whether it's through mother nature, but when you can come back to yourself and feel that loving energy, it's like we were led. And it wasn't in any way that we would have thought we would be led to God or what we had to do to get there. Right? Mm -hmm. oh, I just like that right there is the perfect example for you and for me. And I don't know about you, Hannah, but I, like, yeah, no, I feel like someone took over my body that day. Like I remember <laughs> I, I, went into, I went into my fiance's office and I was like, um, I just like reinvested myself like a lot of money and I don't know why. And I just, I don't know what I just did, but I know it's right. And I don't have any regrets and this is happening. And I thought at first too, I thought I signed up for the coaching program from pause and I was going to call them and be like, I think I made a mistake, but like, there was still this thing inside me like, mm -mm, like, because <laughs> I knew I knew I wanted to do breath work, but I also thought I wanted to do the coaching first. But nope, it's not the uh, way. It's not the way I was being led. Because I, I'll never forget that. Like I woke, I remember not only telling him, and then the next morning I woke up. I'm like, what did I do? Who was that that made that phone call, that discovery call, and just didn't have like I didn't. There was no doubt in my mind. So same thing. Yep. That is like the best. Can we just be there more often and operate from that place? Mm -hmm. Oh, so good. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like I, it's, it's, I've had a glimpse every now and again, but I haven't had anything like that in a while. Like I was like, what did I just do? But there was no doubt. Questioning, <laughs> questioning what I just did, but no doubt that it was the wrong thing to do. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that. And I love that all three of us had that exact same experience with it is it's like anyone we have on that went through pause has the same exact thing. Like 
don't know what I was doing that day, but signed up. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for it because that's how also Josh was signing up for my practice, my practicum hours. And so that's how I met Josh. So I did, I was in the program right before you guys. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just change yeah, my life. And, and that's the other thing is like, who knows what people are going to come in and you can't even create it with your logical mind or like plan it out, but it's just following that, following that inner knowing mm -hmm. and watch the world just open up for you. Mm. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. So how are you doing? So much darn trust. I know, we really, it was a trust fall. Was yeah. the <laughs> um, what are you doing now with breathwork? Are you facilitating? Tell us about what your days look like now. Yeah. Okay. So I, so my background was in the beauty industry and after I got divorced, I, that was like the one thing that I could do to take care of myself. So I started doing aesthetics again, but I knew that I wanted to go deeper with my clients. And so I've been doing that, but I'm working on um, I do retreats and then I'm doing one-on-one -on -one coaching with mostly female entrepreneurs that tend to get stuck in their head. Well, I, and I feel like that's the perfect place to be right now. There's just so many women feeling this call to change their lives, be more can be in control of what they do instead of being bossed around at a at a corporate job or something it's like because that's what would me like I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur I never thought I would own my own business like it wasn't even an inkling in my mind but then after I did the program I was like I have to teach breathwork to people I just have to do it but somebody like me has no experience with business there's so many of us out there that are answering the call but don't know how or just doing it at the way that they feel is their way, which I love how Sam Skelly kind of taught us that it's like, it's all energetics. It's all the way. It doesn't have to be the way that, oh, this, you know, this step one, two, three to for success. So I love that you're doing that because that is just so, so needed. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so, so where I feel like I'm really working with women is because it feels like there's kind of two groups. There's the women that are very in their feminine and in the flow and just going with how they feel that lack the structure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then there's the women that have all of the structure, but they find it really hard to be in their bodies in flow in deeper connection with in relationship to, to really find that depth and that intimacy and that juiciness within their connections, because they are living in this heady environment in a workspace. And so they're sacrificing one thing for another thing. And so the work that I'm doing is with these women that are stuck in their heads, but they want deeper intimacy in their relationships, health in their bodies. And, and so that's where I'm really seeing a lot of success is helping yeah those women that tend to run in the masculine, very fiery, hot, get things done, but want to be able to soften and tap into really what their, their purpose is and, and into their bodies. 
And I'm sure those patterns are just everywhere. Like whatever they're, whatever they're struggling with in their relationship, as soon as they heal something with that, then it's, it just overflows into their business. So I, I, I love that you get to witness that. Right. Right. And it's so beautiful. Like the transformations that are happening in such a, like things are moving so quick when you move it through the body. Hmm. It's it's such powerful, powerful, powerful work. So, yeah. Have you heard of the eagle and condor prophecy? No. Tell me more. I've heard of it in the in the song. That song that I I put it on like a lot of my playlists. Oh. Um, I'm not gonna sing it. <laughs> Come on, Hannah. This is your day to shine. I can't even remember the words, but it's like. There is a prophecy that when the eagle and the condor fly together, that there will be peace on earth or something. So somehow this, this came into my (laughs) world like two weeks ago. Um, I'm taking a six month course starting in April from this woman that is doing a moon dance in Mexico right now. It's a wow. fun one, right? Sounds that sounds amazing, Josh. What are you gonna come out of this six months with? <laughs> so I made a drum a couple months ago. That was the start. Okay, hold on. You gotta tell me specifics. What kind of a drum did you make? Do you wanna see it? Yeah. So it's buffalo skin. Oh yeah. Got some buffalo medicine, huh? <laughs> he made it like in such a beautiful way. Um, I think it was in November. <gasps> yes. Wait, who did you make it with? So her name's Cherie. Um, she's amazing. Did, what, did, did you write you your drum too? Did you, did you, I'm showing you my drums. You know, <laughs> we're having a drum showing. Josh, what, did you write specific words with intentions around the rim? No, but I, but I healed oh. some. Oh, there you go. Are those both buffalo? No, um, this is elk. No, this is elk and this is buffalo. I love, I love, I love. Did you make yours too? Yes. I'm jealous. I have one, but I bought it at a Native American store, so I'm not as cool. Well, I have a feeling that when Josh gets done with his six months, there will be an opportunity to do a drum making, maybe. Right, Josh? Um, something, yes. So back to the eagle and the condor. Yeah. Okay. So the eagle and the condor pro- prophecy of the Amazon. Um, so different indigenous cultures throughout the region talk about this. But the eagle, so the eagle and the condor prophecy says that the 1490s would begin a 500 year period during which the Eagle people would become so powerful that they would nearly drive the condor people out of existence. The Eagle is the path of the mind or the, it's the industrial, it's the masculine. And the condor is the path of the heart intuition and the feminine. And so in 1990 became the 500 well the 500 year started 
1990 with the potential to arise the eagle and the condor come together to fly in the same sky and to create a new level of consciousness for humanity the prophecy only speaks of the potential so it's up to the humans to activate their potential and ensure that a new consciousness is allowed to arise yes in balance and i think that's what happened is this isn't about feminist mm -hmm. against men or better than men or the men having power over women it is just like you said it's in balance it's in we the the masculine has this very logical way of thinking that's a beautiful gift and women have this very intuitive cyclical like way of flowing and we can honor both of those and and it's not above or below that's when we really mm -hmm. yeah mm, i love that i've never heard that analogy of the eagle and the that's beautiful i'm gonna send you both in the chat right now the um the song it's like i i just thought it was like a symbol but i didn't realize how deep the symbol was um it's a really really great song and it sings it in English, and I'm assuming in Spanish, like it's a, a couple of verses. It's really cool. Oh, awesome. Okay, thank you. So I'll, I'll put it in the show notes as well. Yes, please, please. That's what I meant to say. So Cheyenne, I actually, I use chat GPT all the time. And yeah. it's his new best friend. You know what that is? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was asking chat GPT about feminine characteristics that have been suppressed in our society and just talks about intuition, tenderness, nurturing, um, emotions, heart, you know, it, it's sensitivity. And so I was looking at of those things, what's inside of me? Cause I always think, Oh, those are girl things, but it's like, no, those, those are inside of me too and have been suppressed. So I have parts of my masculine that were suppressed or shamed or mocked in society. So I kind of hid those. And then also the feminine side inside of me, the sensitivity, the, uh, well, emotion, emotions, and we all have hearts. And so we all long for, you know, just the, the tenderness, the softness, the connection, the depth, and so I was looking at suppression and then the opposite of suppression is expression. And so how can we create spaces for these things to be safely and like titratedly brought into the world? And so that the nervous system doesn't push back. So it's not too much, but so I, I've created this little space on Friday, Friday mornings with this intention of, and I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm just like, okay. Uh, that's, where, that's where the magic happens, Josh. I'm just here to tell you, I'm pretty sure this is going to be a very sacred, magical place. Just like when we all signed up, we didn't know, did not know what we were doing when we signed up for pause. That knowing, that knowing knows what it's doing. Yeah. So is it online in per like, t tell me more. Yeah. So currently it's in person. It's at a friend of mine. Uh, she has a space in her basement that she's like, 
host your stuff here. And so I'll chat with her. I'll send like Marco Polo messages. And I'm just like all these things that I'm learning. And she's like, my gosh, you're blowing my mind. And this is exactly what I'm needing. So we're creating this space and I use breath work every single time, but I want to, to create uh, like maybe journaling on the front end where we discover in what way or ways was this suppressed or what was, how was this shown to you um, through your, your family or upbringing or religion or whatever it is. And, and it's bringing up stuff that I still have to heal because I can feel like anger around it, but it's like, Oh, and then hurt underneath it. And so it's, it's definitely for me, but it's also, if it's in me, it's in all of us in, in some degree. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, and I think what you're doing is you're creating that wholeness bringing it into consciousness, what has been my programming around this? And how can I reclaim it and bring it into balance? That because our emotions, I mean, anything out of balance, let's use an analogy here. If you think about water, that's a very feminine element. A water that is held by the banks, the masculine structure, it's very calm and it can just roll and, and, and be very helpful, but water without the banks of a river, without any of that balance, it can be cause massive destruction, flooding, you know, it, it can be destructive. And so I think that that's the thing when you can bring those elements of the femininity and of the masculinity into balance. But we, a lot of times, just think, oh, that's bad. Get rid of it totally. And that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. So I think this is so beautiful that you're bringing that consciousness to these elements of us that we've, that we've made bad or wrong. Oh, that's going to be a powerful space. So the other thing is pleasure and sound. So, Ooh. so much uh, pleasure is feminine as well. And there's so much shame around sexuality and there's so much uh, connection and um, with creativity that if we don't have access to this sexual energy, we don't have access to creativity. And then if we're manifesting where are we manifesting from? Is it just like a wounded place that's like, I'm going to have all the Lamborghinis and it's going to be so <laughs> awesome. And it, cause it, I love, you know, and I love a full circle moment back to just empower. Cause that book you mentioned at the beginning, mother hungry, is that what it was called? Mother hungry. Yeah. Of like empowering, um, well, where was I going with that? But just because then, then you, Cheyenne, was saying about the um, empowering women again, it's like re a reminder that we are creation, like we are a portal to life. And so I, that's just all connected right there. It's like 
manifesting or creating an actual life and where is that coming from like are we like your whole story about your body being ready versus not ready like it's it's all it's everything it's all of that it is all of it and Josh (laughs) you had to bring it up I thought we weren't gonna go there today and I was gonna be (laughs) off the hook but we gotta go there (laughs) that's a huge part of my story is that I had this belief that my sexuality was bad, Mm. (laughs) which now is going to make sense of why you can understand also parts of my infertility, which is hilarious. (laughs) We really are protected in what we create and how we create and all the things. But I was so disconnected from my my sexuality and my womanhood, my 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 feminine that man, I, I was I was suppressing myself in so many areas of my life. And once I reclaimed, that was a huge part of re- of coming back to my body and loving my body is it, you can't believe that sexuality is bad when it's innately who you are or you you disown yourself. And I think that a lot of that programming I picked up from culture and religion. And I think that as women start to reclaim their sexuality and their pleasure, everything comes back into balance. The condor flies with the eagle. The condor flies (laughs) with the eagle. And I, I really see this being a huge part of women leading themselves back to that and not blaming and looking at, oh, well, my husband is responsible. We get to take radical accountability for ourselves and reclaiming that part of ourselves and not making it shameful. And it's easy to do with culture, with Mm -hmm. social media, with, I mean, there's so much shame around women and their bodies of like, well, you're responsible for a man's thoughts. You're, And it's like, how could we not if we aren't consciously asking ourselves those deeper questions? And Josh, once again, I, sorry, go, ahead. go No, you go, you go. Once again, it, it, it's also being in balance because we can look at women that are very into there and, and it can be destructive. So it's bringing it into balance. And I had just tossed mine clear into the, it doesn't exist. Mm. And that was a huge source of pain in my life. And hormonal problems, like reproductive problems. And as I reclaim that, my body gets healthier. So thank you for bringing that up because I think that that's an important conversation and one that I'm still like scared to talk about sometimes. Oh yeah, it's a big one. It's a big one, but it is, I mean, as as we're looking at the chakras, like once we have safety, that creation center is the God within. God is a creator. How can we co-create the message or the, how can we bring what god placed in our life into life or on our hearts into life how can we create what god placed on our hearts 
into life. Mm. So it is our, our pleasure, our creation power. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's gaining that power back. Like I was saying this to Josh the other day. I, um, I saw this on Instagram. It was just a woman sharing a story about how, like when we are in, is it middle school or early high school when we watch the miracle of life? And so the whole story about how the sperm just swims along the, what I'm going to forget all of the names, but like, you know, and it hits and it goes into the, it's, they're all along the egg trying to swim the hardest. And the story goes that we've been taught is that it's the sperm that swims the hardest and the most powerful one that gets through to fertilize the egg. But in reality, the, they've done more research since that ancient movie we're all forced to watch, um, that the the egg chooses. It's not like it's being attacked and and fought for. It's the the egg decides which one she wants. And like that, right? Like, doesn't that just like <laughs> just like a full perspective perspective change of like 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 because it's just a small story that you know like as soon as I probably mentioned this the movie you think about that like that's the story that's how it's we've been told and it's like all of a sudden like wait like like so when you're saying like claiming our power back like that's that's it right there like we we choose we get to choose yeah yeah. And and I think I think that that is one of the most beautiful things that breathwork allows us to do. The way we do something is the way we do everything. In today's world, our attention is all out here. And so we're not making any choices. And when we practice breathwork, honed in. We get so honed in and so intentional. And we start to make choices. Mm -hmm. Advocate. We're our advocate for ourselves. You know, I love the full circle once again. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know, Josh. With, on that note, I'm going to just say... Thank you for being like so curious and holding the masculine in such a beautiful way in reclaiming that balance. Really. Thank you. For paving the path and being the leader. I feel crazy. I'm supposed to be competing and striving and yearning and clamoring and my heart doesn't want to do that anymore. Nope. You got to follow that knowing. <laughs> I know. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Thank you for following that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Honestly. Well, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Don't be Josh. Just moving on. <laughs> I've been uncomfortable for how many minutes now? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh.
So good, Cheyenne. I know. I can't believe an hour and a half has already gone by. Well, I don't know if I followed any train of thought, but I hope <laughs> you, um, you saw the multiple full circle moments. So we absolutely did. Yep. It was everything it was supposed to be. <laughs> it's hard to tell the story when there's so many parts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All the way. So many parts that draw it all back to, oh. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so good. Oh. oh. It okay. feels so it just feels so good to be here and have real conversation. <laughs> We're here. Yeah. And thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story and just being you and leading with love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we like to offer our guests the opportunity to share a message with the world. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, share a message. Mm. Okay. I think it would just be that your body is the guide and energy doesn't lie. Mm. And your heart will usually not make sense. When you follow your heart, it usually will not make sense. Mm. That's the pathway. <laughs> I love that message and that path. <laughs> can you share where people can find you? Yeah. So um, I'm... I have some divine feminine retreats at mountainairretreats.com and then social media, Cheyenne underscore Rachel on Instagram, I guess that is. So just Instagram? Yep. That's the spot. That's the spot. <laughs> yeah. Those are, those are, those are the spaces right now. What I'm, what I want to create is having a background in the um, beauty industry. I'm trying to put together a program to help um, service providers in the beauty industry um, protect their energy. Mm. And um, add more value to their clients and kind of control the dynamic rather than just getting, you know, talking about my husband's boyfriend's ex-wife's sister. <laughs> so I'm, tr I'm trying to put um, a program together to support that and control that environment so that work feels a lot better and they're serving their clients at a higher um, caliber. Mm, I love that. But that's not done quite yet. I feel you there. I was in the remodel industry i worked at a kitchen and bath showroom so i there's like a part of me that really still feels called to like being like a remodel coach but now that i've like removed myself because people who like work on showroom floors and stuff like the amount of stress that is put on people with any job but like that's just what i lived for so long 
but it's the same. It's like overwhelming because you found this new thing. You want to just like hook on a breathwork and do all these other things. And it's like, oh, do I really want to go back there and do like work with that stuff? But it's that it's I know that you're feeling that calling and because that's how I'm feeling, too. But it's it's intimidating because it's a whole different. It's something that isn't doesn't exist. But that's the thing. Hannah, I don't think we're ever going to be fully fulfilled in life when we know that there's a problem that we have the answers to. Isn't it the truth? And I hate it. (laughs) No matter how much money we make or whatever, it's like we have to turn around and reach out a hand and pull the people along that we were. Mm -hmm. It's true. I just think that it's so true. I don't want to. I don't want yes, to either. Yes, you do. <laughs> you liar. <laughs> or you would not have planned out that beautiful journaling session for pleasure and sound. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> what a great episode. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, let us know what you took from that. Leave some comments. Share with a friend who also might resonate with the story. Um, Subscribe, like, all those things so that we can spread the word about our podcast. And so all of our beautiful stories that we get to hear from our amazing guests get to be shared around the world. We appreciate you as a listener, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Deeper Awareness Podcast, where the journey of self-discovery and inner growth continues to unfold. We hope this episode has ignited a spark within you and inspired you to embrace a more conscious and authentic existence by looking within. If you enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for upcoming episodes, where we'll continue to explore the transformative power of breathwork and emotional healing continue the conversation and stay connected with us on Instagram. Follow at Deeper Awareness Podcast to receive daily inspiration, valuable tips, and updates on our latest episodes and offerings. We'd love to hear your thoughts and insights from today's show, so feel free to share them in the comments below or tag us in your posts. Your engagement and feedback mean the world to us as we strive to continue to create content that resonates and empowers our incredible community. Together, we can continue exploring the depths of consciousness, fostering genuine connections, and supporting each other on our transformative journeys. This episode is brought to you by You Belong Breathwork, your destination for transformative healing and self-discovery. At You Belong Breathwork, we believe in the power of breath to unlock the deepest parts of ourselves leading to profound insights and a greater sense of connection and belonging. Whether you're seeking emotional healing, a deeper connection with yourself, or a path to authenticity, our breathwork sessions, retreats, and coaching programs are designed to guide you on this transformative journey. Our experienced facilitators are here to hold space for you as you explore the depths of your consciousness and discover the infinite potential within. Visit youbelongbreathwork.com to explore our offerings and download a free guided breathwork session. Thank you for being a part of our deeper awareness community. Stay connected, stay curious, and may you embrace your true essence with love and compassion. 
goodbye for now and see you in the next episode.